Welcome to the Disability Belongs podcast. Just a quick disclaimer as we get started that the opinions expressed in the Disability Belongs podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of CFILC, its member organizations, or Yo Disabled and Proud. And with that out of the way, let's get on to the episode. Our guest today is studying sociology and hopes to work in disability justice. He is one of my fearless Yo Disabled and Proud co-leads, and he has done a ton of work behind the scenes on this podcast. I am so excited to be talking today with Evan Milburn. Welcome, Evan. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. A little selfie. I'm I'm on the second one, but that was mainly my fault because I did have a family obligation to attend to for the first episode. Yeah, I would say second is the best, but I don't want to offend our, our first guest. Yeah. I guess we just shouldn't shouldn't have a hierarchy. Maybe that's the deal. Mm. Yeah. So anyways. How did you get involved in Yo Disabled and Proud? We have a county commission on disabilities where there's about twenty-four of us, twenty-one of us, I think. I think somewhere around there. Um, who advocate for people with dis- people with disabilities in within San Mateo County, which is where I live. Um, and that's how I originally met my supervisor, my then supervisor, Ben McMullins. And I, uh, and he kind of, I made it clear to him and one of the executive board members that I kind of like want to do this as an occupation. So they brought me on and pretty much six months in, I joined, uh, wanted to do Met Vanessa QR, who was the original youth statewide organizer. And then I worked with Russell for a little bit when I was just meeting him. And then, um, yeah, you know, it kind of fit off from there. And the rest is history, and Tatum yeah. and I eventually joined you, right? Yeah. What have you enjoyed about working as a part of Yo? And what are some of the opportunities that it's brought about for you? Um, definitely the friendships. Uh, for one, um, I know I'm not paid to say that by Tam or Tammy, um, but I do, I do feel like we create a bond both just while we while we've been working and while we're while just outside the whole Yo program. It's nice having that bond and connection with you guys. It's been so nice to get to know you too, Evan. Nice getting to know you guys and being able to do stuff like me. Emily Legal, me, Alice Wong, me, Hobby Verma, and me, all the speakers we've had, and just being able to do some of the opportunities we've done. Even, even being on a podcast, that's a first for me. It is a first for me. I, I was going to say this is that. the first podcast I've been on, but that's not true because I definitely hosted the other episode of I'm pretty sure you're on episode one. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. I'm pretty sure. Me too, but that's okay. I think it's really funny that Evan and I spend hours a week together virtually on Zoom or FaceTime or texting, but we've never actually met in person. Yeah. So hopefully someday soon that will happen. But Ooh, we should talk about how I met the first uh I'm sure Tay will be okay with this, but the first time oh, I met yeah. Tatum, yeah. We have to talk about that because I believe I was in Virginia for a family wing and um Nice to see everybody. Nice to see family. But I thought since my one of my best friends, I've 
haven't actually met in person at, at, at that point yet. Figured, why not meet her in person? And so I, well, I haven't done any solo trips by myself. I haven't traveled. The only place I've really gone by myself was an eighth grade graduation trip and maybe a night over with my grandparents. But that was long ago and far away. So uh, this was my first big trip and I was just excited and won some independence. So uh, yeah, no, I, I went down to uh, North Carolina. And I believe the first thing she said when she saw me was, hi, Evan, and wow, you're so tall. Yeah, that and was really- the first thing she texted me a picture of the two of you. And I was like, wow, Evan's tall. You really yeah. don't get you really don't get a sense of how tall someone is when you just. Well, to be fair, we're on Zoom. So yeah, the top all, half of them. Zoom sit, well, we all hopefully we're all sitting down. <laughs> I don't know. We could be sitting on like one of those uh, yoga ball things and be bouncing up and down. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, and then I tested her sister. I'm like, hey, I finally met Tatum in person. Um. Because I knew her sister from helping out with a previous birthday stuff, and we talked once, uh, not like super often, but we we talked before, and, so, and she's like, "Oh my God, wow, you're so tall!" And I was just, it was cracking me up because you all three of you guys have like the almost the exact same reaction. And I'm like, "Yep." So yeah, that's how I met Tim, and then I hopefully. If all goes well and COVID is not, but um, we'll try and get, get, I'm going to send you, I am trying to go to San Diego, partly so I can meet you, um, and, even if it's waiting through the window, um, and partly so I can meet the normal heights meeting, but yeah. Someday, uh, someday soon we'll actually get to meet in person, hopefully, and we'll have another I guess we'll have to update the podcast once we meet and have the story of how how meeting in person went. So stay tuned for a future episode of the podcast to be determined when that will be. So I guess now switching gears a little bit, what was it like growing up in school as a disabled person? Um, Wow. It was definitely rough because I... Um, if for those of you who can't see, I am obviously physically disabled. Uh, I I have among I have Apert syndrome, so A T E R T syndrome. Um, so it's a craniofacial disorder. So my hands and feet are webbed. My head is kind of I don't know how to describe it in medical. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it in medical terminology, but it's not normal, which I'm not complaining about. Uh, it is what it is, and I've, I've come to accept it. Actually, part of my whole journey to this advocacy was through um, accepting my disability and kind of actually learning um, at a school science, uh, seventh grade science class, but I would love to talk to you about at some point. Why don't you tell us more about seventh grade science class? Yeah. Well, we were, so seventh grade was, that was probably 
early teens, if not maybe twelve. Do you think what are you like twelve, thirteen in some Yeah. Period? If if that, yeah. So um and I was thinking serious to know what I had just I was obviously all my life I was a funny looking up to that point I was a funny looking kid in class. I was a guy who looked weird and usual been called various things. Some of them were some of them were what's to say not uh clippy accurate. Yeah, middle schoolers especially middle schoolers are mean. Middle schoolers and high schoolers are just mean. Oh. At least in my experience it was just like my friend said high school was the best time of her life. I'm like, no, no it wasn't because it was rough. Um, but now in some big, uh, I had a teacher kind of, we were learning about genetics at the time, and I was getting curious in what I had, and so I came him, I, I grew close with him, he understood that I kind of was having questions, and so he allowed me to do a PowerPoint on um, April to him, which is what I have. But yeah, no, since then, I, um, and then he kind of let me do it present it to the rest of the seventh grade class and that kind of took off from there. Uh, became like everywhere I went, I kind of brought these PowerPoint. I updated it a little, but we changed some stuff around and uh, made it with, with me and uh, presenting it, presenting it different places, presenting it to a college class when I was still in high school. Because my, my oldest sister at the time was a special ed major. So actually, uh, this was eons before Zoom. It was back when Skype was still around. Remember the Skype days, Cammy? Oh, yes. Skype days were the days. I remember <laughs> Skyping my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got the virtually be projected on Skype uh, and present it with my sister. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that behold, is. We, we would have Zoom, and I'd be doing this in the future. But like, I, I thought I was definitely a precursor. I'm like, yeah, yeah no. it's like the so beginning I, of like, your advocacy. Yeah, was telling people about my story, and then it came to high school, and kind of getting accommodations for me. Um, I also saw some not so pleasant things in my first high school. Um, I went to a small charter school at the time and lived with C. And, uh, I saw some stuff that still haunts me today. A lot of bullying, a lot of stuff. And it wasn't just me, but it was bad enough that I was bullied, but I could kind of fight back. It was people being bullied that currently fight back or defend themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like they were they were really bright kids. Like they were talking about like they were they probably rivaled me at two level at the time. They're probably brighter than half those but punks that were bowling them, but it was also just hard watching because it was like every day I'd watch it and I'd tell another teacher and teachers wouldn't believe me and 
point in anything. And so that was one of my deepest regrets was leaving. I eventually had to transfer transfer out of that school just because it wasn't a good fit and it was either that or take my grade all over again. And so I chose uh, uh, I chose to transfer because I didn't want to be there. And I think tank held back was necessarily the right option for me. And so, yeah, no, it was. But yeah, that was a big game I had. And that kind of, that's what that birth, uh, the will, the decent time is. Uh, being advocating for others and advocating for myself and kind of getting accommodations. Oh, that's a really interesting story. Thanks for sharing. When you when you were doing research on Apert syndrome in your seventh grade science class, did you already know that was your diagnosis, or how did that work? Like, I did- know my mom. Luckily, my mom's a physician assistant, which is the most relevant thing I can compare it to is a nurse practitioner. Yep. So there's somewhere somewhere between that and a doctor. I don't ask me what. The whole medical criteria is, I have no idea. <laughs> That'll but, be another uh, episode, I think. What? The entire medical yeah, system. I don't think we can fit that one in this episode. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, she kind of told me why I had. And I did, but we, I started doing research on it just because I was curious. I'm like, you know, you hear, you hear about like Down syndrome a lot, you hear about autism. Hear about autism a lot, but you don't hear about someone having apex syndrome a lot. So that was another cool thing. Uh, so that was a cool project. And then actually, it was very especially cool because when I came to Yo, I found out I wasn't the early, I wasn't the only person with my disability to have to be a Yo volunteer. And so I got to meet the I've gotten to exchange text messages and somewhat e-meet the other, other, other person with giving them. So that's so cool. Finding that but yeah, no, it's kind of cool. Wow. So I know we've talked a little bit about how you've had quite a few surgeries. I think you said sixteen surgeries in your life. Yeah. And I know some of them were long before you have memory of them but what was that like having surgeries and being so involved I guess having like a medical aspect to your life as you were in school was scary um definitely still is uh I just got diagnosed with functional tremors and and um so Pretty much, if my waves are at 90 degree angle, they start shaking uncontrollably and I can't stand up. So that's been fun. But yeah, no, it's it's been interesting ride in terms of medically um, speaking. Uh, just having to deal with uh, surgeries. I'm pretty sure I, I missed both my junior and my senior palms because of either, yeah, because of surgeries. Um, one was a mid-base, I had my, I had a second mid-base advancement. I had one when I was 
when you were young, um, probably four or five, I had an outward distraction device, a halo, they call it. And so, really that, and then now, fast forward to about 16, 17, three hours. Another one, it was a two-parter. So, one was in December. One was, yeah, one was in December. And then the other one was in, the first part was in December, where they put the things in to help expand my my uh, skull and my uh, facial features a little bit. And hopefully give me more airway. Um, and then, so that helped. And then, um, yeah, that, that caused actually another couple of surgeries on top of that, unfortunately. <laughs> Because my um, I have I have hydrocephalus as well, which is um, too much cerebral spinal fluid on the brain. Um, so I have a tube that runs from my brain to my uh, lower extremities, um, and uh, if I have, if they have little tiny holes in the back that's clogged up, pretty much. Um, I get really bad headaches. And so unfortunately I ripped my uh I ripped out my son at one one of them uh post post op. And so I, I had a three weeks my junior year, I think was might have my senior year. Was a three weeks stay in the hospital. So that was that was fun. And it wasn't one hospital either. It was I had to get transferred from one Kaiser to another Kaiser back to the original Kaiser. And so, yeah, I have have a lot of stories about that. (laughs) I can imagine. Do you have any, okay, this is maybe a really weird question, but do you have any like pre-hospital, pre-surgery rituals? Like I always, I tend to go to Target right before hospital stay (laughs) and get some new pajamas for the hospital. Do you have anything cool like that? No, not to cool like that. Damn. No. Um, usually, no, nothing cool like that. I think maybe uh, start some. Maybe, maybe I will. Now that you have Target, I feel like I should start some. Target. Some it's people do like a Last Supper, like a big meal right before surgery, or not right before surgery, but right before you but go. a couple times I've done that. I'm really bad with tradition because I don't follow. I'm not a consistent person. I don't have that personality type that takes it to like do something every single day okay fair enough I guess that wasn't the most exciting question then do you have any would you have any advice for your younger self going through those surgeries Oof. hang in there <laughs> uh, hang in there um, pretty much so I say positive uh, is uh, it's also, but going through the surgeries is, I don't want to say it's the easier part, but it's also a whole other can of worms, which is the mental aspect of it, which I'm sure you can agree with. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's not just it's physical. It's stuff that we don't really, we don't talk about as a society. Um, and I don't mean to throw you on the spot, uh, but I know I don't. Uh, I definitely got diagnosed with depression because of my medical stuff. 
Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk more about your mental health? I know that's something that, again, we don't really talk about as a society, but is so important to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I'm going, I'm quite open talking about it. It's one of my things I like to advocate on just because no one talks about it. Oh. <laughs> and it, it's, so I've had depression for 12 years now, maybe more. Well, yeah, no, well, okay. No, I just haven't figured out that because, uh, I've mentioned it before, and but yeah, no, it's not sound about right. I was somewhere in middle school at the time when I probably was first. I was officially diagnosed until like for loads of medical, loads of reasons until probably high school. Um, just because just loads of personal reasons and stuff, but it was definitely, I can definitely pinpoint looking back on it, it was definitely. Times where I'm like, yeah, you know, I step on depression. So since we talked a little bit about mental health, I'm going to steal one of our speaker series questions and ask, as an activist, what forms of rest and self-care have been helpful to you? And how has your disability impacted your understanding of self-care? Damn. Um, that's my, it's still evolving for me. I think the whole term of self-care, um, Probably just because it looks different to everybody. I think you can agree with that. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely not, it's not like a one size fits all. Yeah, I feel I like there's this that, like. I hate to use that cliche, but it, it's definitely not like a one two size fits all. Yeah, I feel like there's this idea that self care is like face masks and bubble baths. And for me, at least, face masks and bubble baths would, like, make me unable to breathe. So that's definitely not how I interact with self-care. Bubble baths would make people breathe? Yeah, because I'm super allergic to scents. Uh, so any kind of scented soap or anything like that. What if you got unscented bubbles? Yeah, maybe scent? unscented bubble bath. But, like, un- an unscented bubble bath is not my personal choice of self-care I like like creating things is fun for me so like art um I also think that cleaning my room is self-care and anyone can fight me if they don't agree but wait aren't you the person that says that making your bed is ableist so oh yes yes I think (laughs) (laughs) I feel I feel like that but there's some irony there yeah bed making enableist concept like why why do we need to make our beds for one i now i'm like taking over this podcast you started interviewing me but while i'm on the soapbox i will i will be here one (laughs) the whole concept of making your bed like the idea is that you're not going to get back into your bed during the day which like naps are the best especially as a disabled or chronically ill person so like why make your bed? Secondly, making your bed just requires so much effort. Like bending down and standing back up is really hard for me. For a lot of like wheelchair users, it's not even really feasible. So therefore, my soapbox for this episode of the podcast is that making your bed is an ableist concept. And now, Evan, I'm going to throw it back to you on what are your favorite forms of self-care? What is self-care um, like for you? 
Um, hanging out with my dog Walter. I just got him on my birthday. He's my first dog ever, so I'm, I'm really stoked about that. Uh, he's adorable. Yes, he's a Bermuda puppy. Um, I'll. I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, there'll be pictures of him. Um, I'm trying to think now, but I actually have pictures of him on Instagram. Maybe we'll have to post a picture. Of you, you and Walter <laughs> when we post the podcast we'll post a picture of you and Walter yeah so yeah no hang out with him is mainly my form of self-care either go for walks or uh going to a dog local dog park when it's open um but yeah no I think that's self-care um definitely listen to music any kind of music from I'm not into the uh, top toys as much. I'm into about people that no one really knows about. Uh, Who's on your playlist? Oof. Um, <sighs> climbing the Swing Coast Hat is definitely one of them. Um, uh, piano Guys is definitely one of them. I, I like, I'm saying in uh, Spring Sing, even though he's probably popular. But for older demographics, springs and pay the videos, um, pretty much anyone. And for one of his sound good, that's, that's quite the list. I like it. I, I have a very eclectic taste. It's, yeah, I've, I actually was reviewing my uh, uh, suggested playlist for me. It was like anything from Jeremy Camp, who's a Christian singer, to like uh, Jay Z to spring scene to train so it was it was very eclectic that's all i think i get that mostly from my sisters because i grew up listening to their music and have adopted some of it and modified some of it and so yeah yeah okay so i think we're getting towards the end of our time here on the podcast together but before we wrap up the name of the podcast is disability belongs what does disability belongs mean to you disability belongs means that we we as the disabled community have um people belong in every space that able people belong in black American uh yeah no feel like we we're we're often left not with a seat at the table and I feel like an easy change just because we're such a large minority that anyone can be a part of our minority no matter their demographic race demographic days uh so on and so forth so yeah thanks Evan it has been so wonderful to talk with you tonight and I can't wait to publish this episode. So great to hear from Evan today on the podcast. If you want to check him out on Instagram, you can do so at a underscore man underscore apert, A-P-E-R-T underscore of underscore the number two underscore worlds, a man, a pert of two worlds, a good, good word play there. You can check out his account there. And while you are on Instagram, go ahead and give the podcast account a follow as well at disability underscore belongs underscore podcast. 
and these links will also be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Disability Belongs podcast. This podcast would not be possible without the support of the California Foundation for Independent Living Centers and the Yo! Disabled and Proud program. Thank you to my entire team at Yo! We can't wait for our next episode, and we hope you'll join us then.